0: Everything's coming up Timberwolves, yeah, yeah in the zone. Simple dedication to the team when you're in the know T Timberwolves, yeah, yeah, in the soul, lifting all the positivity for the wolves to grow. So, where we going from here, man? We listen week to week to get the clearest to clear recaps, got that, South Cap, got that team ads got that, so tell me what they do not have, huh? Question to ask, but I don't mean to go brag. But boy, they got all the stats, and they could go all the way back from KG to Zerbiac. And all I'm saying is that the cast, a one stop shot for my timber, timber wolves, timber wolves. Ain't a thing falling, everything's coming up. Timber wolves, timber wolves. Falling from the autumn, ain't nobody gonna stop them. It's the timber wolves, timber wolves. Phonies, you can spot them, they the sheep under their clothes. Timber wolves, timber wolves. Talk a lot about them. Y'all don't really, really know. Let's go.
1: Welcome in to another Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. My name is Gabe Anderson, if you didn't get that from the intro. And I'm joined as always by Chris Emerson. Chris, how we doing? Uh, we're
2: doing good. We're doing good. Um, I'm a couple weeks away from a nice trip into some warm weather. So I'm excited for
1: that. Oh, where are you going? Uh, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico? Oh, very nice. Very nice. And uh, we and uh, no Jared Good this week. Hope to have him back soon. But we're also joined by Blake for another week. Blake, how you doing? Good, good. How are you guys? Doing good. Um, wish we were meeting under better circumstances. But, I mean. What, yeah, if what this was 24 do? hours earlier, it would be a different story. It, it really would. It really would. Uh, man, what a. What an interesting, what what an interesting thing that transpired between the Rockets, between the two games with the Rockets. Because at home, you're feeling good and scores 44 points. Um, he's got some highlight dunks, which I do want to put in the intro. I didn't have time. Uh, which which one in the intro? Which one would you rather? Uh, would you have the two hand slam or the one hand slam? Which one do you think would be better?
0: I like the DLO LU, but I don't know, depending on trade deadline, how well that'll go long term.
1: Oh, oh, you like the LU the best? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, there's, uh, yeah, like- there's three or four of them. I remember. Yeah, for sure. Uh, looks like we're having some technical difficulties. Oh, you're back. Okay. Which, what, which dunk would you rather have in the intro, Chris? Oh looks like looks like we're having some technical uh some technical di- difficulties with Chris. Hopefully he'll be back soon, but uh let's just keep going this way. So what um what what do you think's been the main problem particularly in the Rockets game? I I got a few ideas, but man what what, what do you what do you think's going on? Like what 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 didn't work last night?
0: If you if you got ideas go first. I watched most of it, but go ahead.
1: OK, well, I honestly think I, I just think it's the role players not not uh, not stepping up. I mean, when you have your guy slow mo who doesn't score a single point, in fact, was negatively affected with uh, with a technical. And that's really all he did. I think he's got two points in the last two games and you got uh, Jalen Noel turning over the ball. Uh, time after time again, Nas Reed not playing up to his caliber, and uh, that just adds all up to a loss. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I would I would say Jaden and uh, Slo-Mo. I think they've had pretty good seasons. I mean, Slo-Mo had a triple double a few weeks ago, um, so they're not bad players. But Slowmo definitely adds a level of uh, just high basketball IQ that really shapes, I think, some of the game plan. And Jaden does a lot of the dirty work on the defense. He might, have an, he might have some corner threes every now and then, which might be a little more flashy. But um, players like that, I think, are kind of unsung heroes a little bit. And when you miss them, you really miss them. And they're not getting those ant dunks that go on the highlight reel. But, but you, can, you can see where they're missed quickly when they, when they don't show up for a couple of games.
1: Right. And it looks like we got Chris back, which is always good. Uh, so Chris, we're going to talking about the uh the the lack of help from the bench and particularly <laughs> re- really not, particularly last night and the last two games in general in a slow-mo, uh Jaylen Noel's been terrible, not like you've been saying Nas is losing a lot of money.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's tough when you have, you know, Rudy in and out of the lineup with injury. You've got Cat out of the lineup. You've got our number two point guard, which is a huge role. Like, that's something that's been kind of overlooked is McLaughlin. Yeah. Like, he was a spark. Like, he might have almost been our sixth man, seventh man, kind of um, really changed the outlook of the game type player. He's been gone. Um, And then when um, the bench – you know, bench guys are bench guys for a reason. And and that just pushes those guys even further – and further back. Um
1: right.
2: so it's getting pretty ugly. And uh what do you do? You know, like Slow-Mo was probably our best player for like two or three, four games. And he the last two games, he's has two points on one for ten shooting, um, three turnovers and eight fouls in the last two games. And a T. And a T. And a T. And then, you know, then we've got then we've got um Prince who I just saw where with Prince, we are 12 and three in the last 15 games Prince has played. And without Mm -hmm. Prince this season, we're four and 13. And I don't think he's exactly like LeBron James or anything, but when you're so thin, having just an NBA quality player, goes a long ways.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I would tend to agree. And, if you think about it, if just one, I mean, we, we had that game. I mean, we only lost by five. We were we cut it to basically, I think we tied it in the fourth quarter. If just one player steps up, if Jaden hits another three, if right. Slowmo hits a shot, if if um whoever, if Jalen Noel um <laughs> Cuts down on a turnover. I mean, we we had that game. There's a reason that the Rockets have not won, have lost 13 in a row, and it's that they're not a good team. And, yes, Jalen Green went off on us. But even with that, we were right there in the end too. So if just one thing goes right, I I think we have that game. And even Ant, he he, uh, he ended up with a good stat line, but he was – he was reckless a lot of the time in the first half, in my opinion. Like he was just going to the basket with no real, uh with, with no real goal. Well, obviously he was trying to score, but man, he he thinks. I do. You, are you get either of you getting annoyed by the yell that he makes, or do you think he's actually getting fouled? Is I don't know because it's every time. What do you think, Chris? I mean, I mean that
2: isn't needed. Hat. but I don't, I don't
1: know.
0: It, it gets old.
1: Yeah, Blake, what do you think?
0: Um, yeah i I haven't heard. Um, like to me, cat cat is kind of an annoyance with it. Um, he's very very loud about it. Um, and specifically, I haven't paid attention as much. Um, maybe it's just a bias I have, or or something. I'll have to listen more for it. Um, he does put his head down and just go to the rim a lot, and that's when fouls happen. But I, yeah, I haven't I haven't watched close enough there to to know if it's legit or
1: not. Yeah, you know, it, it is it is hard to know, but it's just every single time Ants go in the basket, he goes, hey. Every single, like I swear, every single time. Sure. Uh, unless, unless it's a wide open dunk, he's yelling or saying something. And it it I, might I,
0: be one of those things that once once I start listening for it, I'm going to start hearing it every time or something. Where I just it was out of my mind or something before. Yeah. Well,
1: it, it's like it, it's, yeah, like, sure. when, uh, it's like when it's like when Tom Thibodeau used to yell on the sideline. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Oh, it just his bark. You love it. Yeah, I man, I, I couldn't stand that. That that was so annoying. Anyway, so moving forward, um, here here's what's kind of interesting for the Wolves is they have an opportunity to uh to, to really turn some heads because their schedule is not favorable going forward. I mean, because they got the Pelicans tomorrow, although no Zion, thank God, because. You know, we know what Zion did last time to us. Got the Grizzlies, even though we beat them last time. That's always a tough matchup there where they are for a reason. Two against the Kings, who have been turning a lot of heads. I think they're the three seed right now. Warriors are no pushover, and then you got the Magic. I mean, where is this team going to be in five games? Like After the, after that, you have back-to-back Nuggets. And then Nuggets back-to-back. I mean, Chris, <laughs> like where where is this team going to be? Like, how, how do we... How do we go from losing to a team that's lost 13 in a row and then turn around and like beat Memphis? Like how, like,
2: well, I mean, that would be a. you're making an assumption that we're a consistent team and we have consistent play. Um, We could beat any one of those teams like Finch said, and we can lose to all of them. Um, We're just not, I mean, it's, it's understandable. We've thrown so many pieces together. And then some of our biggest pieces are out. So who really knows what we are? I think we're just almost just playing pickup game right now. Um, Mm. I think this season is starting to get to be one of those things where you just kind of take a couple big things from it, some big improvement from maybe Anthony Edwards, maybe improved shooting from McDaniels. And um, you just kind of move forward and hope you're healthy for next year because, I mean, it's getting to the point where I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is going to play this year. And, um, what are we doing? You know, we're not really moving in any direction.
1: So would you sell at the trade deadline?
2: If anyone's looking to buy, I mean, I mean like I would sell you know, Edwards, but I mean, if someone's looking to buy D'Angelo Russell for a good price, sure. Same as not, same as anybody.
1: Now, I, I'm kind of in a different boat than you, though. I, I think, first of all, and maybe it's just because I'm a traditional Wolves fan and I don't want to give up on a season, particularly after we've gone so far. And, uh I mean, I mean, we were right in the thick of things. There's no way to give up at this point, uh considering how close the Western Conference is. But I will say these losses – like against the Spurs and against um, who else? Who lost to the Hornets Detroit. this year, Detroit. I mean, th- those losses at the end are they are going to hurt. But what about you, Blake? Would you sell at the trade deadline? Is it time to just pack it up and try again next year? Or what do you think?
0: I'm I'm on the not I'm on the mostly not sell bandwagon. I mean, if if Nas is playing well and somebody gives you a good deal for him. I would consider it if, if somebody really wants D for whatever reason, I would consider it. Um, I would not mind getting Jalen Noel out of here because I think he's going to want a bigger contract. That's not going to be as deserved as some other players that need more money. Um, like I said, th- there's like two teams pulling. It's like the nuggets and the Grizzlies are pulling away from everybody else. And with 30 games or whatever, 40 games, or whatever we have left, um, Everybody is so on top of each other. It's it's the Nuggets and the Grizz at the top, the Spurs and the Rockets at the bottom, and three through thirteen is just a crapshoot at the moment. So, to me, this season has just it's gonna come and come and go, feeling like we're in purgatory, and and I'm just confused about it. Of like, are we a winning team? Are we a losing team? I I just I've had a tough time making heads and tails of I any think, of. It. I think that's. I mean, I think that's an exactly
2: perfect assessment of the year. Um, there's no way to really assess it. Um, it it's tough. The, the one thing that I'm bringing out of this year so far is Anthony Edwards is going to be our alpha moving forward, and um, Finch is pushing that on him. He's calling a lot of plays for him, and he's put responsibility on him. Um, fourth quarter now he uh, he's guarding the team's best, the other team's best uh, perimeter player um he's starting to push these these leadership roles on ant and i think it's a good thing i think that's something we're gonna have to build around um i just wish i knew the value of some of those players like if you told me Nas reed is going to get me a second round pick well we might as well hold on to him
0: yeah know? i mean
2: <laughs> we've needed we've needed to like damn near two g league centers just to fill a roster right now um so i mean we're hurting and uh, if you told me D'Lo, all I'm gonna get back is you know some expiring contract. you know I would keep him too. Why not run off the season with it? But um it's just it's just a hard thing to do. i I, I really wish we had Carl Anthony Towns back because I at least want to know if there's viability to this plan or not.
0: I, I agree with that 100% on. Uh, and, and I, I'm so at a loss of like, I expected it to be more than four to six weeks, but that's a pretty big chunk of the season. And that once you're getting a trade deadline and all-star break and all that, you're like, well, are we, are we in this? And, and if we are in, if we are in this race, do we have a flow going? And is this going to, I mean, you don't want to assume Kat's going to mess up the flow of things being a max, your 1A, 1B player, whatever, but like. That that would throw a wrench in the game plan to an extent. If you're getting hot, um, to say okay, now let's throw you in, see how you do. Um, but at the same time, you kind of have to.
2: I guess, luckily,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, at this rate, it's just we're we're in the thick enough to say, cat, go in, see how you do, go wild. But uh, yeah, it just so it's, it's a rock and hard place a little bit. It feels
1: like. I mean, and uh, to hey, answer the question from the chat, who the fuck knows when when yeah. the, when when is Cat gonna be back? Like I don't know, I don't think he knows. I don't think anyone in the organization knows. I mean, they're Did definitely not knows? gonna they're Go definitely ahead.
2: not gonna bring him back early, you know, they're gonna make sure he's a 200 percent. So I mean, I guess it, it comes back to hopefully he'll play the last 20 games. That's about another three weeks out, probably.
0: Um, That's half the season.
2: Yeah, for sure. And uh, at that point, you hope in those 20 games, something sticks, something vibes well. Um, there's a big thing to just moving the rotation guys down. Like instead of starting slow-mo and playing them 30 minutes, you know, now he's going to play, you know, 20 minutes or 15. And instead of maybe Noel playing 20 minutes a game, maybe he'll play six. And it'll just be like a punch off the bench. Um, sometimes that's enough to, to make a real change but I mean it's getting to the point where I don't know what we're gonna do you know like it's just kind of lost.
0: Yeah, that would be nice to have one move where you're you're taking the depth chart and you're saying okay you you've done okay as a starter, but now we're, we're going down instead of farming up um, yeah. which I mean yeah. can work sometimes but for immediate immediate uh, help, I would rather just build from the top down.
1: So my my question is what is going on with Nas Reed? Because I mean, so I'm just looking at the last three games. Yeah. Um obviously he didn't play too much last night. Nine minutes, two points, one block. Uh Rockets, and, and he's made some dumbass turnovers too. Like and my, my I talked to my dad a lot about it. He's so freaking out of control out of the, some of the time, like he's just flailing around going at people. And that's why, even though I made a video a year ago saying that, I think Nas can be our starting center. I don't think so anymore. I don't think he's consistent enough. I don't think he's good enough on defense and people complain about Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert had a hell of a game last night, 15 points. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah I he know. did. No, okay, yeah. He, yeah, People he want 15... to
2: complain about Rudy Gobert just because that's what, the, that's what the flock is doing. So, I mean, a guy goes, you know, 15, 16, and four blocks, misses like two shots, and he's the villain for the game. I just don't get it.
1: Yeah. I, last night's game, I put on two people. Or wait. Yeah, it's three people. Nas Reed, Jalen Noel, and uh, who was the other one? Uh, who else was I complaining Jaylen about? Jalen Green. No, 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 no! Not not Jalen Green, <laughs> on, on our own team, uh, slow mo, because you, I don't know, you gotta have some production off the bench, and yeah. I feel like it, it should be a rule. Any game that D'Lo and Ant, and any game that D'Lo and Ant both go for thirty, right. and and it's not like a like the game that's the Bulls like a hundred fifty point game. We should win that game, hundred yes. percent of the time. Yes. All right. He, here's a here's an interesting uh, question. Maybe we should. B H H. Uh, Rudy has great numbers, but does he impact winning? Well, he won on the Jazz a lot. I mean, so. they were the
2: number one seed for multiple years. You know, going into the playoffs, they've always been like a top five seed, and they didn't have that great of a roster. I no. saw somebody say the other day, "Well, they've got they had so many <laughs> so many hustle players around Rudy." I was like, "Like who?" Like Bogdanovich, like they didn't have a great roster. Um, yeah, Rudy does impact winning. I would say I would say Rudy impacts winning more than his numbers show is almost what I would say, because there's so many picks that he sets. Like D'Lo right now is number one, I think, in guards finishing at the rim. He's number two in guards at mid-range jumpers. He's shooting his career best at three-point shooting. Those aren't flukes. It's because when he plays with Rudy, Rudy gets him open shots. Mm-hmm. Um, these are things you don't see. Like right. Rudy's always on the perimeter, setting picks, resetting picks, getting guys open, getting guys good looks. Um, I don't know. I don't want to get into a Rudy thing, but uh, can. I don't think he's the problem. Like I think it's easy to point to point a fingers at the new guy, but I don't think he's the problem. I think. I, I mean, I, I said earlier today mcdaniels was supposed to be this star he was said to get 20 to 25 million dollars this offseason he's averaging three rebounds a game he's averaging 11 3 2 1 and 1 i get it he's a good defender i understand that but in the modern nba you can just screen a guy off like if like watch Jalen green's highlights from last night he scored 44 on us or whatever very rarely was McDaniel's in front of him. He was almost trailing him all the time because they run him off screens. Um, mm-hmm. You can take a guy out of off a defender or defender off an offensive player pretty easily. Right. Um, he needs to play better.
1: Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he even even on defense, he's in foul trouble half the time, so he can't keep him on the court. And that that's why I kind of say with Nas Reed, too, they're both out of control. Also, I feel like Jaden at times shows that he's still a kid, which he is because like, for example, there was that one play where he got pushed. He definitely got pushed, but then right in front of the ref, he decides to push the other guy and it's like a clear foul and that's like his fourth foul. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Blake, what do you yeah, think? I
0: don't get it. Um, on the Jaden McDaniels front, that's a good point. I was thinking about bringing up today. So, um, with his fouls, so I, I think he's overall been a, a pretty good defender. Um, uh, I, I think one area he deserves praise is he tries to keep plays alive more than I think most other players do. I think a, a ball goes, it gets shot, we miss. Everyone else just flocks to the other side of the court. I think he often tries to run for it, tries to steal it away, whatever. Um, in terms of his fouls, though, I was kind of going to ask you guys that exact question is he is like the – fifth? He, has, he, I think, has – had the fifth or sixth most fouls. Like, he's fouled people the fifth or sixth most in the NBA this year so far. And, and my question is, do you think it's a lot of young player mistakes? Do you think it's just general bad defense? Or do you think it is – Um, he gets put up against a lot of, like, the star players more? Do you think they get some sort of star treatment? Or is that an excuse? Some combination?
1: Chris, go Who's ahead. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I would say it's a combination of that last thing. I
2: think um, he gets his hand caught in the cookie jar a little bit. He's a young player, and um, he has no respect with the refs. The refs don't give him a good whistle, for sure. They give him a lot of ticky-tack stuff. And, yeah, he's going up to bars. But a lot of his fouls are, like, not on the shot or not on the actual, like, scoring action. It's on silly stuff, like in the middle of the play, like grab holding a little bit. Um, stuff that most vet players get away with, even bad vet players get away with. So I don't know. Um, I would say if he's fifth in fouls, though, that's that's, an improvement from last year. I think he was third, Um, maybe (sighs) just behind Cat, who is second or something like that.
1: Yeah, I, I I think he doesn't have full control of his body yet. Like he's got those long arms, and I don't think maybe he got away with like poking away balls and stuff like that at uh, Washington, where where he went to college. But I I don't I don't think he's he's has full control because he just he gets these reach in and dumb fouls and stuff like that. And and what honestly what what good is is a star defender if you can't keep him on the court? No yeah. zero zero help whatsoever. And, especially man, if that's I, I,
0: all he's giving you
1: yeah exactly
0: he gives you corner threes
1: i know Not when we need it of,
2: to the point of <laughs> one or two a game and, <laughs> and hey i'll take it but like again last night we had 30 and 30 from our backcourt rudy gobert goes for 15 and 15 with four blocks so it's three guys that are pulling their weight so there's two guys left like mm-hmm. yeah. do something
0: yeah when you were when you were having some connection at the at the beginning, Gabe and I touched on this a little bit that uh Slomo and, and Jaden were kind of the, the tough ones, I think the last few games. And I think Jaden has sort of that he's supposed to be kind of that gritty Vanderbilt. That's what they want him to be this year. And when he's not doing it, it's tough. And then Slomo with his high basketball IQ when uh when when you're like those guys are doing kind of the unsung hero play I said like 20 minutes ago, and when you're not seeing that, um, it shows up. It's one of those when I think it's happening. It's like this is great. It's kind of just a nice to have. It seems, even though it's more than that. But but when you're missing it, you're really missing it.
1: Yeah,
2: and I think <laughs> some of it, some of it is the Rockets are like seem elite athletes. That's their whole roster, and slow is the opposite of that, you know, and sometimes that that cerebral game can really take advantage of some of those athletes, and sometimes those athletes will just overpower you, and I think maybe that's what happened with Slow-Mo. I'm not ready to, you know, cut bait on him or anything, but no. he, he needs to invest more. Like, we need more impact from players. Like, that's just what it is. But, again, if you've got Carl Anthony Towns, you've got t- uh, Torian Prince, and you've got – uh mclaughlin out those are three impactful players so that hurts
1: and you saw it last night with i mean like chris finch trying everything he threw matt ryan out there for a stint like just trying to trying to get and he hit a three like trying to get some something going and just he he couldn't get anything going i i like i said all year i thought the coaching and, and the decisions chris finch has made have been pretty good but man i i don't know you there's only there's almost so much you can do when Jalen Noel is turning over the ball and Nas Reed is out of control and Jaden McDaniels has five fouls. So we gonna put in and Prince is out and uh half your team's hurt. Half your team's hurt, yeah. Like wh- what can you do? What can you do? And the, those people mine calling up. for Chris, yeah, I guess Josh Mina, but he's in Iowa right now. But uh <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. The the people calling for Chris Finch's head. Honestly, like, get the fuck out of here. Like don't
2: even play, don't even pay attention to them. Those are the, the easiest thing to do in sports is to blame the coach or to, or to cheer, cheer on the backup saying the backup needs more time, no matter what sport it is. It's always mm -hmm. the coach's fault and the backups better than the starter. Like that's so old. Um, whenever anyone brings something like that, I just, I try to ignore it to my best ability.
1: So, so I want to bring up this. You were talking about this earlier and, um, what do you think Nas Reed's trade value is? Like the problem is he's not in a big contract, so it's not like we can go get we, we can do a lot, but we'll start with you, Blake. What like what can we get for not like a Nas I, Reed?
0: Yeah, I I would say I would start with saying I don't know, and it's for that exact reason if he has a he has a small one or two million dollar contract. I think if you paired him with Torreon Prince to get up to ten million dollars, you might be able to get something decent, but um being expiring at uh, with a million bucks, I I just don't know if there's anything there that's that's worth it by himself.
1: I'm, I'm really, really not sure.
0: I've I've heard like the the man out of L.A. or the Bones Highland or those sort of things. Um,
1: they wouldn't do yeah. that.
0: Yeah, feel free to speculate on any of that stuff, but I don't. I I just don't know. I would say two seconds.
1: And that's coming from the guy that doesn't think anything of picks either.
2: Right. Well, no, I love picks. I love picks, but there's there's like late first round picks have almost the same value as second round picks. The 20, the 26th ranked guy and the 35th ranked guy really aren't that far apart. One's got a four year guaranteed contract and one guy you get for about a million a year. So give me that second. I mean, it would it would come down to to what teams are looking for him. Like uh let's say the Nets, let's say the Nets are done with like here's a crazy trade, done with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has stuff going on with him right now that it's very interesting. Like you'll see many games where he'll have zero shots taken or one or two shots taken. Um and he's on like three-year deal with you know left and big money. So what if you went D'Lo and Nas for you know ben's or something like that or or Ben you know yeah I would say or Go, what if it was like Gobert and Nas or something like that for Ben Simmons and, and a wing or D'Lo and and uh Nas if they want to try to sign him because they have not much at the big position. So I mean you'd have to pair Nas with somebody and yeah, you're gonna that's have to thing. yeah you're gonna have to target somebody who's also playing bad or somebody who is on a contract that the other team doesn't want, which means that, you know, you're not getting great value either way.
1: Do you, I know we kind of talked about this last time, but what about Kuzma? I mean, do you, maybe? Like, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like, it I would have
2: to be D'Lo. I mean, it would have to yeah. be big money going that way. Because um, right. he's he's making 15 or something like that. So... I mean, it gets to it gets hard. It gets hard to make these this money match. Um, yeah, Jared Jared piped in. Put put that on there. I put that on there earlier. The We're the jokes. Kuzma thing. I
0: think I think the Wizards are going to prioritize him now that they they traded with the Lake Show yesterday.
1: Yeah, I did hear they want to resign him. So so yeah.
0: Noel
2: D'Lo and Nas for Simmons, and I think I had T.J. Warren on there. So oh, I love I T.J. Mean, Warren. That gives that gives the Nets two guys in you know in Nas and uh, Noel that they could re-sign at a low price that can give you some young, um, maybe some spark, and then you've got D'Lo to kind of help uh, to help stem the tide, give you some offensive punch, uh, and you can get and you can move on from from uh, Ben Simmons if that's not your guy, and now we've got help at the rebounding position, with with uh, Ben. And I just hope that, you know, he gets his head straight and he's willing to take it to the take it to the hoop. I mean, he averaged like 17 a game. Yeah. Shooting, you know, league high field goal percentage for multiple years. Like he wasn't, you know, stroking it like Curry, but he was scoring efficiently. Like that's all I care about. So I I don't know with him, but I mean, that would be a gamble. Like we're at a point now with D'Lo and those guys that we might have to take a crazy gamble and hope it works.
1: Hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that that, that also you got to keep into uh, keep into account the offseason potential move of cat uh, potentially, although I think his trade value is pretty low right now. But we'll, we'll yeah. have to see. Do you now there was a report and we'll start with you, Blake. Do you buy into and this might have been just complete bullshit, but I did see a report that potentially they were looking to move on from Gobert. Uh, at the trade deadline, I don't believe that. But what what would you think of a move like that? Are you are you ready for him to jump ship already?
0: Um. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say jump ship because being traded twice, Gobert doesn't have as much choice in the matter. But um, w- would I be okay with the Gobert trade in in a vacuum? Yes. But you are not gonna get. You're getting pennies on the dollar basically and, and you're not going to get the value back that you gave out and and for that i would i would be very hard pressed to trade gobert at this rate um mm-hmm. i don't want to just sit and be like we'll be in purgatory forever but you're not getting five picks back and and every player was a decent player in that trade except for leandro balmero basically like every one of those was a decent asset and you're not getting that for for gobert so my guess is um of what happened was some team called up the wolves. They said, Hey, would you be willing to trade Gobert? And and the Wolves said, What are you thinking? And and they talked and nothing happened. And the second that phone call into the other team alerted the press and was like, Wolves are considering it because they said, What are you thinking? Like that's that's how much I would I would read into that.
1: Chris, what do you think? I, and I know you're a big Gobert guy, so Well, I'm just a
2: big, we don't even know what we have yet guy. Like, I mean, I don't even know, like the idea is, is to go, go bear and cat. And I can't punt on that until I've seen it. Um, That was from Mark Stein and it was from a fake Mark Stein thing. It's completely false. Like someone made it up and put a fake Mark Stein on it. So it's total BS, but for fun, uh, we can kick it around. And say, um, yeah, I mean, I would have to know what the package is. I'll move anybody, I would move Anthony Edwards. You just have to blow me away with a trade package, you know. Like, I think if I think GMs that have like guys that are untradeable, I think that's a stupid, I think that's a sign of a bad GM because nobody should be untradeable. Um, mm-hmm. it just matters, like, well, what are you gonna give me? Like, some guys are just super valuable. Um, I think that. I think moving on from a guy like, Go, like Gobert who has kind of like Ricky Rubio vibes to me where things, like I said earlier, his value doesn't always show up in the box score. I think without actually getting a full offseason, a full plan scheduled around how your offense is going to look, getting your point guard, your, your two guard, accustomed to actually passing it to a large postman, um, without really getting a sniff of what this is going to look like, I think it would be foolish to move on from it because it's not very often that you have two all NBA players in the front court um, and a former all-star at point guard and a soon to be all-star at shooting guard, all under, you know, all relatively in their prime. I mean, there's a, mm. there is an upside to that that is unbelievable. Um, so I think to cut bait on it early would be foolish.
1: Here's the thing. Here's a question I want to ask both of you and answer it as honestly as you can. If Cat never gets hurt, what do you think our record looks like right now? What do you Four think? Seed. Chris? Four seed, really?
2: Why not? We're, what, two games away from it now and we've played absolutely terrible.
1: Chris, what do you – sorry, Blake, what do you think? Yeah,
0: I, I would want to put us – in that three four basically the, the top of the middle and, and really yeah. we're 24 and 25 the pelicans are 26 and 21 at four like that is that's hardly a jump when, when you consider yeah. he should be one of our top two players. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. The Pelicans have two more wins than us at at fourth and at third Sacramento has three more wins than us. I mean yeah. there's definitely some Games played that are a little sketchy with that, but I don't think it would be completely out of hand to say that Carl Anthony Towns just being a talent boost would help us beat Charlotte the two games in Detroit and one of these uh Houston games at the very least. So that's four games we're right in it right now. I mean, that's worth four games. So, uh, Utah, yeah, I mean, we should be that right Utah there. game.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, it, you- it would be. I don't think we'd be asking a lot to say we'd be looking at home court advantage in the playoffs.
1: I mean, think, I mean, think about some of the other games. I mean, that Pelicans game—that's a one-point game. There's tons uh, of that jazz, jazz that Jazz game—that's a one-point game. Um, who knows? So,
0: in in terms of a few things here, I will say I think in in terms of Go Bear not showing up on the stat sheet, I thought I saw a metric recently that showed like. NBA centers and how likely other teams are to drive to the basket and like, yep, I've got yeah. And Gobert like it, it show it. Basically the data said that teams are less likely to drive to the basket with, with um Gobert in the paint because they're worried about him blocking you. Um, just coming down you, whatever. And I, I think whether or not it's a perfect fit or anything with cat on the offense, that keeps teams very honest. If, if you just put Carla out there and he's on the three-point line, teams aren't going to be able to double ant. They're not going to be able to, to bog down Gobert as much. They're going to have one much larger worry to, to weigh their options between. Um, and I, I think that Cat has good stats anyway, but that would be one additional thing to think about there.
2: 100. Um, Gabe, I just sent you that graphic. If you yeah. see it,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm uploading it, so keep talking.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, what it comes down to is there's really only two players that are in his realm, and it's Draymond Green and Gobert. And it and the cross sections are, um, opponents attack the rim less often, and Gobert is just below, um, yeah, just below Draymond Green on that. And then if you take it the other way, it's opponents score at the rim less. So they definitely score at the rim way less when Gobert's there, and they don't even attack it more. Like, those are the things that you don't see. Like, guys just literally don't go there. Um, but, hey, doesn't show up in the stats, you know. I mean, it's it's we got to see what we have before we move on. Like, I get it. The Minnesota Timberwolves as an organization – has been a dominant organization for decades, and we're used to winning at a super high level. So I understand why the fans are so quick to punt when you get a Hall of Fame player, you know, halfway through the year. I get it. I understand. But maybe we should just see what happens.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting run going forward. And hey, maybe we can make some noise. Maybe if we if we beat some of these, t- I mean. I was talking about how good the Pelicans are, but they've been struggling lately. They just lost to the Magic. I think they've lost four or five. Also, I looked at it. Uh, the Pelicans are going to be on a back-to-back. Nice. uh So they they play the Nuggets tonight, and then they got us. Um, well, Chris has got
2: beat by 30 last night by Sacramento.
1: Yeah. And also, I feel like Ant comes – not that he doesn't come to play, but I always feel like – versus the Grizzlies, it kind of feels like a rivalry. So I feel like people are gonna to come to play. You know, Slomo's gonna be motivated um, yeah. to get get out of whatever funk that he's in, particularly against uh, against a team like the uh, against the team like Memphis. And who knows, maybe next week we win three in a row and we're hey cat can't come back quick enough because we're the sixth seed. Like that that's how quick it could change. Like that's the thing. That that's the thing. That's what that's what's been so blessed about this about about these play about uh, the standings right now is it's so close. Like there's no reason to quit. Like even even if you remember last year when the Kings and we talked about this the Sabonis trade, the Kings the the, the Kings were not even in the ten seed and they were still competing to try to make the playoffs. And they went out mm-hmm. and got Sabonis and look at look at where look at where it's put them right now they they they're great right now. Mm-hmm. They've been awesome. So and they're
2: playing together. Like that's what's that's what's great is they play as a team.
1: Absolutely Blake, go ahead. One one quick thing on the schedule here.
0: I feel like at the beginning of the year, and maybe it's just people want to look at what like fans want to look at what's right in front of them and what they can take away right away. We had a very very easy schedule at the beginning of the year that we did not exactly like do a great job with. And, yeah, we and we should have, have gotten, gotten more easy wins there. But to me, and, and like some people like this is a very important stretch of the schedule um, just because it's easy wins to rack up. Sure. To me, this might be the, the most important area of the entire season we have coming up just because yeah, yeah. we need to show that we can play at this level. And every every one of these nine out of 12 or 10 out of 12 of our next games are if, if we get a win, it takes somebody in front of us down a peg basically like oh, yeah. and and there's the you should win every game and you should be bad teams just because they're bad and you should be good teams because they're they're good but it's almost all west conference teams it's all good west conference teams that are that are within the uh, realm of where we are like these this is when they need to show up i think
2: and like we illustrated <laughs> two or three wins away from you know four or five seeds higher so yeah every one of those wins could move you up multiple seeds.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Plus, plus. I mean, look, look at some of the teams. Like, and, and I know they're not the Pelicans. They're without. And, and other teams should have excuses as well, as much as we're making excuses. The Pelicans they're without Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson right now. the The Suns are without Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton's in and out of the lineup, and CP3's in and out of the lineup right now. The I mean, Suns, I think, teams, have had
0: more injury trouble than anybody.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah and uh i mean that those are two teams right there and man if we get if you just got to win some games really is what we got to do and then and then see what happens from there and I, what's I crazy
2: is at the end of that little run that you're talking about that's the trade deadline so yeah. the <laughs> next two weeks these next two weeks not only are super important with wins and losses but We'll find out in two weeks if D'Angelo Russell's on the team next year or not. Because if he doesn't sign an extension, he's not on the team um next year. Like there's th- no way we can sign him because he's not a restricted agent. He's just a regular free agent. We won't have the money. So it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting these next two weeks. Do you think Same. he will be a
0: free uh free agent? I just he's he's actually been playing pretty decent in the last few games. He's been or great. He's been,
2: he's been playing great. <laughs> I mean, he's been shooting the lights out. I saw Dane Moore just post recently that he's basically he's basically the best guard in the NBA. Like like not yeah. shooting guard as in the position, but as an actual shooter. I, I don't have the don't have it up right in front of me, but it was something like he's in the 99th percentile in damn near every sh- shot category that you can be having right now. Here it is. Um, over the last 35 games, D'Angelo Russell is shooting 78% at the rim, best among point guards in that time. He's shooting 56% on long mid-range shots, second among point guards, and 41% on threes, which is seventh among point guards. I mean, you've basically got the best shooting point guard in the NBA. Like, the problem is, is what where's that value, you know? Like, is that 30 mil? Is that 25 mil? Is that 20 mil? Like, that's mm-hmm. the million dollar question. Uh,
0: yeah, I, yeah, th- I'd give him 20, 25. I think he's going to ask for 30. And I, I, I mean, the frustrating thing to me is like contract year, like, I was expecting Delo to kind of show up all year for this. And I, I think he had kind of a little bit of a rockier start, and then it got into like, will he get traded? What's his value? And just in the last few weeks, he's like, okay, I'll show you my value. And he's just like Randy Mossed it a little bit where it's like, yeah, I'll show you I can play because I can all the time. Um, and for somebody that's that inconsistent, just be like, it's the perfect time for him to go on a hot streak. And I, yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's coincidental.
2: It shouldn't be. Right. I'm, I'm not
0: saying he doesn't try, but I it feels a little bit like he's, putting a little extra in right now and that's
2: not bad and it's kind of tied up with Anthony Edwards being more of a play creator so it's moving D'Lo a little bit more off the ball which was the original plan that Rosas had having him and Rubio there have um, D'Lo kind of be uh, 50% on 50% off, off ball so it's possible that the plan is actually starting to finally come together and Anthony Edwards has developed to more of a play creator or more of a, a play initiator, and that's mm-hmm. unlocking D'Lo a little bit, along with Rudy Gobert's screens, which leave him wide in the mid range and finishing at the rim because you know Rudy's getting doubled on the roll. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's going to be a crazy two weeks, and I don't know what's going to happen. I, I want to see D'Lo on this roster long term, and then part of me doesn't want to see him for you know either. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens.
0: I said it the last week. I want to see him stay, just because I don't. I don't think the alternatives are better, and he's 26. Exactly. Like exactly. he's he's not like a 34 year old. Can he still do it? Like he should be entering his prime. Yep.
1: You know, who I'd love to go get you know in the and I'll wrap it up with this. If we can get like a get him like a second round pick for him or something. How about Eric Gordon off the bench? Do sure. Why not? Why not? For, for for cheap, I'll take him.
0: Yeah, I every time
1: we play the Rockets, I'm like, he's still there.
0: Yeah, he's the last one of that uh, not dynasty because they didn't win, but that super team that was PJ Tucker and and Harden and all those guys. They all blew yeah. it up except Eric Gordon and a bunch of kids now.
1: Yeah, I I, I hope he likes mentoring because I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's <laughs> his job. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's just, like, going into coach mode at this point. Anyway, I think we'll wrap it up there. Blake, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, Chris, thanks thanks, thanks as always.
2: Yeah, let's get some wins to shut down the uh, glass half-empty half fans for a
1: while. Wow absolutely and this is the everything's coming up timberwolves podcast make sure to like share and subscribe and hit the uh, notification bell so you never miss an episode on youtube and give us a five-star review on spotify and as always go wolves